What's going on, boys and girls? We got a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I sat down via FaceTime with Ricky the Villain Cho, one of the best 74 kg lifters in the world, and took some jabs at him on the past in a few interviews and through on Instagram, but I said on a previous show, but if I ever met him, I'd probably like him, and I met him at Raw Nats, and I really liked him. He was super cool, he was awesome, and he was a terrific guest. He talked about that persona of being a shit talker, the nickname, the villain, if he embraces it, if he does it intentionally, if what we see is real, and terrific conversation of how he got started into powerlifting, um, the progression of the sport as just being a spectator sport and a lot of eyes being on it as of right now. Some future goals, and he has some big, big goals planned in the USPA, USAPL, and IPF. Also, we play a little bit of a word association and most annoying things powerlifters say. A terrific interview with Ricky. But first, before we get into the interview, I want to talk to you guys about Rivalus. Guys, girls, visit Rivalus.net. Put promo code ANGELO15 to get 15% off of your protein, creatine, branching amino acids. Pre-workout, you name it, use promo code ANGELO15. You will get 15% off of your order. Also, visit 2 visit the online store, and visit our blog. And here it is, 2 white lights. is Wednesday, October 30th, and I am tired as fuck. I've been editing the podcast till 1 o'clock central time because I got a long training session in at night. We're going to talk about my training later. Right now, we're going to talk with Ricky the Villain Show, and I said it at the beginning of the show during the intro, a terrific interview with him. He addressed everything and really... Just a great, informative, entertaining, terrific interview with Ricky. Would love to have him on the show again. And like I promised, we're just going to get right into the interview and be on the lookout for that. Two or three shows throughout the week, one or two of those are going to be interviews, and then maybe one of those is going to be the Two White Lights topic of the week. But be prepared for another interview Friday. So I'm low energy, so I'm going to give you guys something high energy, and that is Ricky Show. Enjoy. And as promised, we have on the show 74 kg USAPL and IPF lifter, totaled 743 kilograms at USAPL Round Nationals, including a meaty 701 deadlift, giving him third in the open, second in the juniors. I have on the show Ricky, the villain show. How the fuck are you, man? Hey, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. And we, we got to give the people what they want. I got to ask this question first. I see Ricky the Villain Show on your Instagram bio. Explain the nickname. What's going on with it? Is it something you kind of lean into? I was a little bit critical of you with our interview with Gage, because Gage is my boy, and I kind of threw some jabs at you, but obviously I like you enough to have in the show, and I like you just generally as a person, because I met you at Raw Nats, and you're fucking cool, dude. I appreciate you, man. Hey, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, first things first, thank you for having me on this. Um, I've actually been meaning to go on your podcast, and... You know, it's, it's cool that I'm finally on it now. Um, in terms of the name, so obviously, like, without having just full transparency, having a nickname will always give you a little bit more clout because people think of a certain word, whether it's pug or the villain, and they associate it with you. Mm-hmm. So that that's, like, genuinely, that's probably one of the main reasons why I go along with this. But um, in terms of where the villain came about, I think... It's because I just, I just say how it is, man. Like whether it's telling someone that I don't like them or just talking about uh, certain inconsistencies in their lift, like depth, right? I just call it out, and uh, I guess it's not something that you see as often in Instagram powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I can kind of bring that out and bring a little bit more banter among the lifters. 
Yeah, I, I think I said that in the past where if it's not being said by you, it's being said in a small group chat somewhere of someone talking shit about your lift, someone talking shit about how you live, some, someone talking shit about how you carry yourself, and I've always said I appreciate the people who actually have the balls to say it, and you kind of got some heat for calling out Russ's squat, but... You were right, and we were all right. Everyone was thinking it. Everyone has eyes. Everyone saw that he was a little high, and he missed two squats. I gave him the white light for his third squat, but it was true. He was kind of cutting depth short in training, and he was cutting depth short in comp. So sometimes that shit talking is good. It's a good thing for lifters. Yeah, absolutely, especially if you can take it in a lighthearted way. Mm-hmm. Right? For most of the guys that I – uh, trash talk to whether it's C, Austin Perkins, Taylor, mm-hmm. Russ, right? Um, I would hope that they don't see me in a different light, right? I don't see them in a different light. Yeah. When I talk back to them, it's all for fun for the most part. And, um, you know, there are very few exceptions where, you know, things get out of hand. But I think Russ, uh, in terms of him missing depth for his first two squats and potentially for his third i also give him a white light on that mm-hmm. i think he handled it very well we still talk he gave me uh he said hi at raw nationals um wish me luck i wished him luck as well so things along that right it, it provides a little bit more of a different narrative yeah. going into raw nationals but it doesn't mean that i hate the guy right like i'm yeah. still looking out for his drop tomorrow i'm probably gonna wake <laughs> up early and still try to get some of his apparel yeah so uh it, it's it's all lighthearted, all fun and, Until it gets serious. <laughs> yeah, and it, it does occasionally. And um, it, it's in powerlifting, it feels like it's squashed pretty quickly. But I wouldn't even qualify some of the things you say as shit talking or trash talking. I would say you saying Russ is squatting high in training is a casual observation that a lot of people are making. And you, is that really trash talk? Saying like, hey, you're squatting high in training. We'll see if you can do it on meet day. Like, is that really trash talk? I mean, I did say some things online afterwards right, okay. in terms of making stories and tagging the guy. All right. But, um, you know, like I said, it was an initial ob- observation, but most um, – I'm not going to say I'm high profile. Let's, let's say like Z-list profile, whatever. Um, they don't really say anything, mm-hmm. right? You, you hear like, oh, Russ squats high. He doesn't squat to depth by the nobodies of Instagram, right? Yeah. But um, you don't see people like Joey Flex as coach or, you know – Sean Noriega even saying anything remotely close to that. So I thought, you know, might as well just say it. I'm on a podcast. Um, might as well just say what I'm thinking. He's not squatting to death. He ended up making a uh, – or doing a podcast with uh, King of the Lifts and talking about how I said that. So mm-hmm. I decided, you know, he's going along with this. I'll go along with it. I'll tag him and actually make it a little bit more substantial, a little bit more serious, and then that's where it kind of started. All right, yeah. So, all right, so explain this to me. How much of the stuff that you say – is intentional to kind of bring either light to a competition or more light to you as a lifter or just in the grand scheme of things, just a sport. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent intentional. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's only for that reason. I'm not trying to bring attention just for the sake of bringing attention. Um, it puts more pressure on me. It puts more pressure on them, uh-huh. especially, especially putting more pressure on them. If I don't think they're doing something and let's say Russ misses his first squat and now he's thinking, yikes right i talked about this on instagram i said i wouldn't do this but Mm -hmm. i ended up not hitting depth right so it's it's a different thing right especially if you're competing against the guy right let's say i'm competing against c perkins or atwood right they're going to be thinking about it during Mm -hmm. competition which could potentially make them lift worse um doubt themselves etc which uh you know i mean someone like taylor atwood that has gone nine out of nine pr'd every single total uh i wouldn't be surprised if like the banter that we talked about kind of affected his training maybe Mm -hmm. affected his performance competition yeah i i unfortunately didn't get a chance to watch all of the 74s compete um i was competing the day after so i didn't get to see and i was really excited for that battle because of that reason and i was critical of the king of the list podcast simply due to their audio quality they got to fix that but their, oh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, like, they, like that's that was what I was really critical of. Um, it was like 90% audio quality, 10% other things, but audio quality, get it fixed. But if I can do yeah. it, 100% of you all can do it. But I was, I was looking forward to that competition because of that. It's like, all right, well, Austin said on the show, like, anyone could have a bad day. If Taylor has a bad day, I think 
Michael, you, and Austin were in that seat to kind of perhaps dethrone him. And now we're looking at, like, okay, there's some there's some tinks in the armor, and we could possibly exploit that. And that podcast was good. Now, I, I've said I don't think I'm going to qualify anything you guys were saying as shit-talking. I would qualify it more as banter. There's there's a difference between it. Garrett Fear talking about Matt Mitchell's squat. That is shit-talking. That is shit. It's a constant. It keeps on going. It keeps on going. It doesn't stop. And, you know, he'll give you diagrams of all these things of that's going to be higher than Matt Mitchell squat. You guys are just, I think, banter between really good competitors. Now, let me ask you this. Is there anyone in the sport that you actually do have ill will towards or made a few enemies along the way? I think on my part, I don't really hate anyone. Hate anyone uh, and I would hope that no one hates me, but I really do think that a lot of people hate me because mm-hmm. they misunderstand the things I'm saying. And, um, you know, I'm just going to bring this up just for a minute or two, although I don't really want to delve too deeply into this. But the situation with Gage, I feel like, is one where trash talking really did occur. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my opinion, a lot of people misunderstood me in that situation. Um, like I said, I've already explained myself. I don't want to go too, too deep into this. But really, that's not my goal. Okay. Right? I, I, I like uh, banter, and I like having fun. But when it gets that serious... Um, I would rather just let it be and just not associate with it. Okay. Right. And one thing I can say is for the mo- for the majority of people that really got invested uh, invest invested in that situation, um, you don't know half the things that went behind the scenes. Yeah. Is all I can really say. Yeah, and I, I think you you spoke the, on this before, and I do agree because at first I. What I heard on King of Lists wasn't that bad. And I said it on my show, and I, I, like, I at first what I saw on King of Lists wasn't that bad. Like, I was like, all right, if, I, if I'm that in that position, I'm going to shake it off. But I think other people want to, they really want to see it. They there really want to see the negativity. Absolutely. On the podcast, I actually didn't want to talk about it. And I tried avoiding it, but uh, Perkins, and, and I'm not blaming him or anything. He mm-hmm. had no idea what the situation was, but... He did um, just bring it up just for fun, and at that point, I'm not going to be the guy to stop it. Yeah. So uh, I talked about it, and I didn't really try to intentionally diss anyone. I, I remember when I said that he was going to place 10th, right? Yeah. Um, he's – every one of the 74s is on my radar, right? But I do have a relatively good idea of, like, what people will place. For example, I thought the entire podium was going to be 10 times body weight. That okay. came true. And that's including Tran and C yeah. not performing to their expectations. So that's – that's one thing I got right, and then him placing tenth. I mean, he got ninth, and that's not that's an amazing yeah. placement for his first raw national. That's mm-hmm. better, or well, relatively close to what I did last year. Mm-hmm. And that again, that's not a diss, but that's just what I thought. Right? Yeah. I just I wasn't dissing anyone. I just thought that's what the situation was going to be like. Yeah, and I, and yeah, and I agree with you. Like when I first heard it, I was like, okay, I was expecting something. I was expecting like, all right, here we go, here we go. Like we got Ricky on a podcast. Let's see, let's see the shit talker in action, and then. What was said was, like, I, I kind of find it harmless, but I think other people like to throw fuel in the fire, and I'm not going to lie, like, cause I, it's weird, because I'm opinionated, I have the, the podcast, I do shit talk on that, but at the same time, I avoid a lot of it for some reason, and I don't know why, and I think it's because I don't, I don't drink the Kool-Aid. Like, people want, they DM me, it's like, hey, talk about this shit, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about that. Like, I'll go and talk to the guy about it. It's like, I'm not going to make a podcast episode about someone's fucking squat depth. Like, right. I'm not doing right. that shit. Like, you, the only thing you want to do right now is just so you can sit back and I provide your only source of entertainment for the day. Because I'm mm-hmm. shit-talking someone's lifts. And it's hard to mm-hmm. do. That's a hard thing to do, people. Remember that. It's hard for me to get on a podcast and talk about someone's lifting motion and then hurt their feelings. <laughs> not easy. It's, hard. It's, it's much easier to talk about how someone looks or something. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but people don't want to hear that for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we could talk about Russ's squat for an hour, but no one wants to hear it. It's mm-hmm. something that you sprinkle in there, and then we'll just talk about something else. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yeah, we talked about that stuff first, and there's a reason for that, because I want to get to you as a lifter. Because mm-hmm. right now, I think there's this kind of push where your personality is overshadowing the accomplishments you have as a lifter, and right now in the sport... You're making strides, and as far as most one of the more impressive showings at Raw Nats was you. 701 deadlift, big total, third in the open, silver and junior. Massive meet for a meet that everyone was disappointed with their performance. Right. 
got to ask the first question that people want to hear. You know my opinion on it. Everyone listening to Two White Lights. How did you get into powerlifting? How did you get into fitness? Oh, okay. That's a loaded question. So yeah. I know uh, it is. I know it is. I know you mentioned this before, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that you, you kind of have to ask. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this either. Just simply put, uh, I think for the vast majority of people, there's not one or two things that really got them into this sport, right? But um, if I had to attribute my uh, my success and my interest in powerlifting to a single person or event, I would probably say Candido. And uh, if you ask the majority of top lifters that started around the time that he was making YouTube videos, I would go as far to say uh, they probably think the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've had a lot of people on the show talk about that, how social media brought them into powerlifting because it gives you a a little snapshot of what the sport's about. And, I unfor- and, I, and I've said this a thousand times where people are probably sick of hearing me say it. I miss the, the YouTube thing. I miss the YouTube powerlifting channels. I actually got to see, I, I, I got to see people from 3, 3DMJ with, that was my YouTube channel because I was super into bodybuilding when I first like started fitness. But mm-hmm. I, I, I missed the boat on Candido's page, and I really wish I didn't because I probably would have started powerlifting at 20 as opposed to powerlifting at 23. Right. No, I, I agree. And, um, you know, it, it sucks that it's not there on YouTube anymore, mm-hmm. right? You can obviously see older videos, but nowadays that YouTube algorithm is just killing fitness. It just hates it, man. No one... Uh, I, I can't really think of a single person outside of Omar Issa that's doing relatively well uh, providing strictly fitness videos. You always see guys like Larry Wheels are incorporating vlogging, lifestyle, uh, cool arm wrestling videos, so things that might not even pertain to mm-hmm. fitness or even powerlifting, right? Uh, and then they're having success there, and they know because that's what YouTube wants. They want long videos that aren't about deadlifts and, uh, you know, provide some other form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think just in the – so I, I had the pleasure of meeting Candido at Raw Nationals, and just within the little conversations that we got into, he – he just I mean, he is so good at discussing everything in just a short period of time. It's really a skill that he has. Uh, we'll be a really good podcast guest one day. But um, he, he he talked about that. He talked about just how difficult it was now to like for, like, traffic and Instagram and, like, what the strategy should be and what the strategy is, and it just kind of like, man, this guy's got his hands in so many different boxes. It's 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 incredible. Yeah, and a lot of people shared the same thing because when I was talking with him, five six people came up and wanted to take a picture with Candido. That's mm-hmm. how influential he was. And also, like within that bottom part in prime time, a lot of people were there just to see him. No, absolutely. He although he might not be up to par with the rest of the eighty threes. Uh, I think a lot of people gave him just as much hype as Russ uh, going into squats, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm one of those kids, too. I, I definitely wanted to yeah. victory candy, though. I didn't have the time uh, just because uh, I'm one of those guys that if I see you talking to someone else, I'm not going to come in and yeah. ask for a picture. Although, I- I'm 100% okay with anyone doing that to me, right? Yeah. That's a funny thing because I say that all the time. I want, mm-hmm. I really wanted a picture with candy, though. I really did. And I wanted right. a picture with a few people. I I just hate doing it. I hate saying it, but if someone came up to me and asked for a picture, I would take a picture with them, like a hundred percent. And I yeah. like I have to get through that thing. Um, and it doesn't happen often. People ask to take pictures with me. I I was Russ's cameraman for a fucking while at uh mm-hmm. at weigh-ins. So um, yeah, he was right in front of me, and I had to take pictures of the nine thousand fans that wanted to. Uh, Without, like, anyone knowing who I was. Yeah, you know what's crazy, man, is that, like, this really shows how big Powerlifting is getting, yeah. right? Uh, I don't even think I'm relatively, like, well-known in the Powerlifting community. I will. I'm going inter- to inter- interrupt you. The people who know you in the sport, the people who should know you in the sport, do. I always get this thing where people are like, oh, I'm not really known because of my followers. No, the people who should know who you are do, and that is the goal. Have the people mm. who are actually important in the sport, good competitors, know your name, know your lifts, not necessarily the people looking for the clout. Mm-hmm. I have to make that point because I have a lot of guests on here who say that, and I always get a little agitated. I'm like, no, don't think because you have like 4,000 followers, you're not big in the sport or known in the sport. You were known in the sport. Right. Like, and actually probably more than a person with like 15,000 followers. Mm-hmm. So continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, like I was saying, um, this was the first experience that I've had going into a meet where uh, I would be 
constantly asked to take photos, you know, at the airport, even places outside the venue, which is crazy. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I went to Korea this summer for three months and I trained at uh, a gym called Train Through, one of the best gyms out there. And I even had one or two people in Korea uh, come up to me and say, hey, I know you from Instagram, right? Could I have a photo? And this just blows my mind because I'm thinking last year in Spokane, Washington, at the last year's Royal Nationals, I didn't get a single photo. Asked, the crowd was so much smaller. I feel like this year just blew my mind. It's just, it seems like it's growing exponentially. It's making me so happy just, yeah. just seeing the progress of uh, the USAPL and powerlifting in general. Oh, for sure. And, and you know what? And I'm still kind of a, you competed in national competition for and world competitions as well. So you're well-versed in the sport. You have a lot of competitions and venues that you travel to. Me, I, I don't. Like, I've come from a relatively small federation into this one. So that's a transition for me. But I don't know what it was in Spokane last year. But this year, when I looked at those, the, the four big screens, like, kind of intimidated me right away. Just watching Russ's squat, the amount of phones that were out during Russ's squat, the amount of people, the amount of conversations that were going on during Russ's squat was unbelievable. And I never thought this would happen at a sport that you know, people kind of neglected and threw away for a while. And even mm -hmm. lifters kind of make the playful joke that it's not actually a sport. Like, well, it's turning into a spectator sport quite quickly. Absolutely. It's going to be, like, way bigger in five years than we'll ever imagine. And, you know, people that say it's a hobby, uh, at a certain point, that's just going to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, even now, it's kind of going away. It's, it's for most people, it's not really even a hobby. It's just, um, it's just like, their lifestyle. Like, they're, they're definitely... I called it my hobby for a while because I used, you know, my profession was the first thing and then powerlifting was second. But once I started seeing, you know, how much I interact with these people and how my closest friends are powerlifters and how I go on vacations dictated around powerlifting and how I created like a little side business with powerlifting, like, I think it's way more than a hobby at this point. And I think more people are, once you start getting more just deeper into the sport, the more you progress the less of a hobby it's going to become, which is a good thing. That's a yeah, positive no, thing. No one can say there's no money in it now. I mean, mm -hmm. the SBD Invitational, right? That's massive. It's going to be yearly. Well, I will say, and I haven't discussed this on the show that much, it's if you're going to make a living off it, you got to hustle. Yes. You're not going to You're not gonna win the SBD Invitational every it's year. It's a start, though, right? It's, 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 <laughs> no, a, start. it's, it's a start, yeah. and I think, but I kind of like, because um, I love the idea. But I also like the prize fighting idea where boxers, mm -hmm. actually boxers in the past, they would legit have to fight and win and they get money. And if they didn't fight and win, you were poor. And that mm -hmm. was kind of the, the, the prize fighting mentality and not really comparing this to prize fighting, but that could be where it's like you only get money in the sport when events you it's like you have to win events and if you don't win events you're not going to get money i like that i think it will create a better competition if you do that yeah my thought process is if there's money in the sport in terms of uh payout then later on there's going to be more and more people that come in and the more people there are uh the more money they can make from sponsors right and yeah. that's really where uh the majority of professional mm -hmm. athletes should be getting their salaries right so yeah. it's not necessarily you having to win right whether you have to be entertaining and having the backing of uh companies supporting you and i, I see that well within the next five years yeah. I, I would not be surprised if the top two or three lifters of each weight class uh end up making this a full-time job yeah I, I i agree with that 100 and I, I i made this point on the show before i would just like powerlifting to be the biggest thing in fitness not mainstream because we're not going to start competing with LeBron James and you know slots on ESPN for we're not it's never going to be that way and mm -hmm. that's I guess it's a pessimist view but it's pessimists a lot of times are realists too but yeah it really is that way but, but if you if you start making it into something like bodybuilding is where there's sponsorships where you get you know certain people supporting lifters then of course I'm I think that should be the goal first. Not ESPN, other sources to start bringing eyes to the sport. Right. It's not going to be a question of whether uh, Olympic weightlifting CrossFit is bigger. At a certain point, and like I said, give it five years, I really do think it's going to be the thing to watch when it comes to fitness, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, I'm not going to be surprised if it, if it enters the Olympics. Like, for example, uh, this last uh, Worlds was streamed on the Olympic Channel. Mm-hmm. did excellent. It did amazing. Right. right. And I believe that's going to continue to be streamed on the Olympic Channel from this point on. Okay. So, like I said, I think it's going to be not a question of CrossFit or Olympic weightlifting or powerlifting, but rather powerlifting is the king of fitness sports. Well, yeah, I agree. And then if you want to make that example, because you mentioned CrossFit, people are making a shit ton of money in CrossFit. It's, yeah. It's, people could talk shit about CrossFit all they want. They are able to get their viewers, they're able to get a massive support and fan base, and people are getting paid in that sport. And mm-hmm. I, I could talk more shit about bodybuilding and CrossFit, and bodybuilding is like the same way. It's more people know bodybuilders. I think it's falling off a little bit recently, but more yeah. people are knowing bodybuilding, and like I just want you know powerlifting to surpass that, not necessarily basketball. Yeah, it's baby stuff, man. I mean, yeah. what we're doing here is baby step one out of one million, but it's still happening. Yeah, absolutely. And really quick, considering you competed at Spokane and uh, Lombard, describe the two uh, meets for me. In what aspect? In aspect as far because when I was just looking at the Spokane live stream, I saw I it just didn't look as hype. Uh, so I can't give a very accurate representation because last year I wasn't in prime time. Okay. Um, which is absolutely ridiculous to me that I even got <laughs> nominated to go into Worlds being a non prime time lifter. Um, but that being said, it, if I had to compare those two, I, I want to start off by comparing Spokane and uh, Chicago or Lombard. Nine day difference, right? Okay. Uh, two to three times the crowd, way more hype, way better location, and the publicity was several times bigger. I think I gained maybe two thousand followers within like a few days. Right? Yeah, I did too, and I missed my last deadlift. Imagine it'll be yeah. like if I got it. <laughs> last year, I went for an American record, and I got maybe three or four hundred. Right, okay. and and I think I broke a thousand followers. I was so hyped. I was like, I was so happy with these thousand followers, and now. Uh, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to double. You know, they really say it gets easier as you keep going on. It really does, right? Yeah. And, again, like, this sounds like I'm a big shot. I am I know I'm a little fish right now, uh, so I'm not going to say I'm, like, a – like, I'm just saying from my personal experience, this is how things have been working. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Spokane and uh, – Spokane versus Worlds in Sweden versus uh, Chicago, obviously Worlds was way smaller. It's a uh, – People aren't going to spend a thousand dollars to fly out to Sweden to watch powerlifting, right? But I do believe the stream was relatively big, and in terms of having a large, th- there are more people from different countries watching, mm-hmm. and uh, in terms of like the publicity you get from that, it's it's fairly big. But mm-hmm. really, it's 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 Chicago is the biggest, uh, Worlds was second biggest, and Spokane was you know was Spokane. Okay. Well, all right, so then do this. Uh, describe your performance at Raw Nationals this year. This is what I ask every powerlifter. Were you satisfied with your performance? I was not. So going into this lift or going into this meet at Raw Nationals, I made a lot of posts, like, covering my squats with emojis, covering my deadlifts with emojis. Mm-hmm. I had really... some fun with that, by the way. I don't know yeah, if you noticed. I, I, I love it, though. It's funny. I think yeah. it's hilarious, right? And it puts a little bit more suspense on there. But the reason I did that was because I was pretty injured. And I'm not going to use this as an excuse. I, I think almost everyone on primetime Sunday board was injured. And they didn't really say anything, right? And obviously, like, that, I respect that. The pounds are lower than what I did going. I hate what I want to hit. But uh, for the plan for medical school and, you know, doing my thing, just trying to further my career. But, um, you know, I didn't – although I PR'd about 40 kg this meet within mm-hmm. the course of four months – I'm not happy, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it sucks because my last poll was about up to my expectation, and the crowd was so hype, and everyone was supporting me, but uh, I didn't necessarily feel happy after that, and I think I made a post, like a stupid story, saying how unsatisfied I was, so it was, it was a little bit of a moment there, but really, the plan's now, uh, stay 74, take a little bit less of a water cut, and be the first 74 kg lifter to total 800. Nice. Why Why are you deciding to say in 74? Because I think I said this to multiple people. Don't think I said it on Two White Lights yet. You're fucking big. I did not know how big you were. I actually knew you were big, but then I saw you. I'm like, God damn, this guy is bigger than like, like, Most people at Raw Nationals are bigger than me. My girlfriend made that comment like mm-hmm. to me. It's like, 
you're you're much smaller than I thought. I'm like, yeah, I'm 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 small, man. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a tiny man. yeah, I'm a tiny eighty three. Because they're like so used to like me being like normal size in other other federations, but USAPL, I'm tiny. But you're, yeah, you're big, muscular, and a little taller too. So mm-hmm. so what's your decision saying seventy four? So here's the thing for people that don't know, I think. My height is about 5'9", mm-hmm. and I weigh around 173 pounds, uh, just maintenance weight, so I cut about 10 pounds of uh, water uh, going into a meet. Now, the next tallest lifter, I believe, is C, and C is probably closer to 5'7 or 5'8", and absolutely everyone else in prime time, 74, is shorter than that. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I'm at a huge disadvantage, but if I'm going to be 100% real with you guys, I think I have a lot of potential in 74. But I know for a fact that if I ever did move up to 83, it would take me at least two to three years to even be remotely competitive with the top three. Mm-hmm. And and I know I have the opportunity to become competitive at 83, yeah. but I just don't want to wait that long. That's, yeah. that's not what I want to do. I want to make a statement now and do what I can now while I have the time. I want to be the first guy to total 800. I want to... I want to win a world championship, eventually get invited into the SBD Invitational, do all these things. And, yeah. and, you know, I'd rather not waste those three years until I can do what I want to do. Yeah, I yeah, I agree with that. And I kind of figured that's what your answer would be. Because me, like, you're, you're not taking my route, which is probably a good thing. I advise most powerlifters not to take my right route into the sport where ass backwards, really, really small at 83. And I was like, maybe in four years I'll be top three. Like, maybe in that top, but you have an opportunity to be a world champion, a national champion, have a massive total, have an all-time total. You're looking at, like, the trifecta. Big meet win, big total, and big records. That's the three things I think powerlifters should look towards as, like, a triple crown kind of thing for a powerlifter. And I think you, you have the opportunity, and passing up on that chance is bad, and and I'm glad you're stick- sticking with the 74s. Now, you're certainly going to take less of a water cut. How do you go... Explain to a guy who's never done remotely anything close to a cut, not even a water cut, but a cut in general. Well, what do you mean by that? So, by that, I mean in terms of uh, actual body weight. Not including water, any type of manipulation of your body uh, outside of pure mass. Mm-hmm. My goal now is to bring down my maintenance weight from 173, 174 pounds to about 169 pounds um, because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have seen throughout my performance in the last two years, my squats tend to suffer a lot from water cuts. And as the meat progresses on, I start doing better and better. And there's only one reason for that is because throughout those three, two to three hours of performing, I'm uh, slowly becoming more and more hydrated. Uh, getting all my energy back, refueling uh, all the lost uh, glycogen that I have in my muscle stores, all, all kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I am the best at deadlifting, whereas my squats take a big hit. It's because, you know, the more time you have, the better you feel. Um, but I don't want that to be the case. Rather, I'd rather uh, come in with squats being very strong and have an even stronger deadlift, right? Yeah. Instead of compensating. Uh, with my deadlift and having a weaker squat. So that's partly the reason why I just want to bring down my body weight, take a smaller water cut, and have a little bit more uh, consistency in my performing. Mm-hmm. Total sense to me. What's next for Ricky Cho? Talk to me about what your off-season is going to look like. So for the off-season, I'm going to be working with uh, Joe Stan- Stanzek? Stanek. Stanek. All right, let's cut this out. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, damn, this is my coach, bro. I should know that. Yikes. Okay, you know what? Leave it in. Leave it in. So I'm working with Joe from TSA, and um, again, he's been by far the best coach I've had so far. I've improved tremendously under him, and there's a reason why I increased my PR total by 40 kg within the course of three months, mm-hmm. right? That, that's that's almost impossible for someone at a relatively high level, right? Having a 40 kg PR, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so my plan is to stay with him and take a relatively lengthy – off-season, uh, although that doesn't necessarily mean I won't be competing. Essentially, for the time being, I'll be doing money meets, doing whatever I want, and then uh, just priming myself for next year's Raw Nationals. Actually, my next meet will be next month. It's going to be a USPA meet. Okay. And 
my goal is to, without really putting in too much effort, because I'm still a little bit drained from Raw Nationals, is to take the all-time world record deadlift untested. Nice. Well, for 74 or 83? 74. Okay. Cause I was or like, 75. Oh, oh, yeah, 75 in USPA. Because I was like, mm-hmm. if you're going to try doing that 83, you son of a bitch, because I really wanted to do that, possibly in a USPA. Oh, yo, you're the guy that's going to do it, though. You got your deadlift, right? I would consider you, like, a deadlift specialist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have that, dude. Yeah, possibly. 701 moved great, and then possibly with a higher... I mean, that, that fucking deadlift bar. Dude, that that right. deadlift bar. That deadlift bar is so amazing, where I can go after a meet at USAPL, mm-hmm. pull 722 with, like, an RP 10, and easy, then go into the easy. gym and do 733 after a long day's work, me mm-hmm. eating, like, shit throughout the day. And then pulling 733 like it's his second attempt. I fucking love that bar, and I want to marry it. Not only that, but you're at that point you're already past super compensation, so you're you're getting weaker since the uh, yeah. since your competition time. So um, if anything, if you did peak correctly, right? Uh, considering that pull was like RP six or seven, right? I, I wouldn't assume 800 plus is out of the territory of you pulling that, right? No, nah, I would say that is. <laughs> hey man, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Right? No, come on, man. That's that's a lot of weight. But hear me I'm out. not. I'm not you. You. You could pull that shit like with straps. <laughs> I. I don't think I can do that. I've never come close to that. Close I came. Seven thirty-three. Hey, I believe. I believe. Thank but you. Thank I, you. I'm Ricky. gonna say this right now. Uh, and if I, you know, you, you guys can hear this back one month later. Uh, if I don't hit the all-time world record, whatever. It's. I guess it's a little embarrassing. I don't really care. Um, but my goal is to shoot for that. And the way I pull, right? Last year I missed six fifty at Raw Nationals. And I pulled 700 on a depth bar relatively soon after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, my form uh, is meant for the depth bar. I started off with a depth bar. I used to be a USPA boy. And I know for a fact that uh, at the very least, 750 will be there, which will be, I believe, a full power record. But I'm trying to go for that uh, single deadlift record. I, b- I believe that same thing for 83 or 81. 81 uh, or 82 kg. I think 750 is the technical all-time world record too. So for full power, it's uh, 720 something around 720. Whereas uh, a single lift, aka not doing the squat or bench, will be around 760 for 74. So I'm pretty sure for 85, it's or 80. Uh, it's 181. Yeah, 181 for yeah. USPA. Uh, I'm sure it's, it's probably closer to 750 for full power and 800 for single deadlift. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So guess UU holds the record for full power meet. Uh, was 750. So you're doing a deadlift only or full power? Uh, I'll be doing full power, but I still will be shooting for the deadlift only record. Okay. And, the, and, and again, remember, press me, what's that number? Because records and powerlifting confuse the fuck out of me sometimes. Oh, it's terrible. But this, this record has been there for over four years. So it's okay. a pretty long-standing record. I believe it's 760 pounds. Okay. Um, but here's the thing. I'll probably open up around 700 take 740 uh, for my second to just break the uh, full power record, uh, 760 to break the um, the open all-time record uh, for single lift. And uh, good thing is USPA, you can take a fourth attempt. Under the right circumstances, if I don't fail my third and I feel amazing, uh, you guys will see. Yeah, I'm actually really – I did not know you were going to do that. I'm, I'm really excited for that. I like when lifters do that. You're the first person I told, actually, outside of Joe. So. Hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm really excited for that. I think those types of pulls, those types of just, you know, going after, you know, just going to a meet after you're done competing. I want to do that for, but I'm pretty anal about things. I wanted to do that for just a local meet, like APF or something, and pull on a deadlift bar and do like a deadlift only and see what I could pull. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, I'm excited. The next month, you said, time. right? I believe it's about like three and a half weeks from now, so it's going to be relatively soon. All right, sweet. So, for USAPL uh, meets, what competitions do you have planned for that? So, outside of any money meets, right, smaller local meets, my next one really is going to be the one in Florida. And hopefully, man, I, if no one totals 800 by then, which, again, I wouldn't be surprised if anyone did. I think C. Perkins, even Atwood, um, with his, like, lackluster performance this year, I think any one of those guys, uh, even Tran, they could all hit 800. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if they did. But if they don't, then... I'm going to try my best at Raw Nationals to break the 800 and be the first guy to do so. All right. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to watching the progress of 74 because I feel like one day that's going to be my competition. All those guys are just going to end up being stud 83 lifters, and they're probably mm-hmm. just going to end up being the next Russ Orhi. 
Even even though I think what's his face uh, SFC Bob. Oh, he's. I, yeah, I, I, I think I think I I and I'm gonna piggyback off Garrett's take here. Garrett Fear said this. I think he has the um, potential to be the next Russ Horty. Yeah. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. For for 93. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Not 83. I'm just saying just in that because I think he has all the intangibles to be and with it seems like he's raw right now with some solid yeah. programming and some solid guidance. I think he could be a just an absolute stud. Hey, he's a he's a young guy. First Raw Nationals, he's getting a nomination to Worlds, right? Yeah. And I believe he's going. He's tall, right? He's he's like he's an big, inch taller than me. Same thing. I saw like when I saw him in person, I met him in person. Like you are a big motherfucker. <laughs> he's a big guy, but to get that close to uh, you know like American records, even the world record, mm-hmm. right? Within your first Raw Nationals, and you could argue that he didn't perform to his expectations either. Yeah. Right. This guy, man, he's, I, I think he's going to go places. And yeah. it's funny though, cause he used to be such a circus lifter. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a few months back, I remember commenting on his Instagram post. This was before he followed me. So I don't even think he knew who I was. He probably had like 10 K followers or something. Right. Yeah. Um, and he would be squatting 600 pounds, RPE 10 half squat. Yeah. And I would straight up tell him like, yo, you got potential, but this is a half squat. Right. And he's the type of dude that just takes it and says, you know what? Yeah, I'll do better next time. And and look at the guy now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not doing these crazy lifts, right, on Instagram anymore. He might be, but he's still – he's getting stronger. That's the point. And I yeah. agree with you. He's going to be the next big thing. Give it one to two years, man. Yeah. And a, and a caveat to that. I do not think he's going to be next Russ or he because he is a black man with a headband. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Jamar gets that label much as it is. Oh I want to avoid that. I think he's going to be the next Russ Orhe because he's a marketable lifter mm. who's also strong as fuck and could probably dominate a weight class. Disclaimer. Yeah. Star, star, I, I, star. Disclaimer. Another three stars. Not because he is a black guy with headbands. That's a dot, dot, dot for me, man. Yeah, for sure. I've said it on the show so many times. Yeah, I, I, it, yeah. I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it, it does it not always happen. It's like, man, this guy reminds me of Russ. Like, why does he remind you of Russ? Is it because he's strong or is it because he's black and has a headband? Why isn't he like Atwood? Why don't you say this guy's like Atwood? You don't say that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I love it, though. I love it. Yeah. All right. So, on to our segments. I'm going to have some word association. And I, I have to find a better name for word association. I promised last time with Yang Su Ren I would, but I haven't. So, mm-hmm. again, title, work in progress. Word association. First thing. Deadlift bar. 800. Atwood. Strong. C. Also strong. But a little, a little, a little less strong, but still strong. Gage. Uh, funny. The future. Oh, Perkins? Uh, I was gonna say me, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could go self-proclaimed nicknames, too. Self-proclaimed nicknames. Uh, kind of lame, but funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to make a comment on that. You can't call yourself something if you gave yourself that label. Just hey, hey, I think I, like if a single person says it, yeah, right, then I oh, would put it on my bio, buddy. Yeah, like the only other guy to give himself a nickname was Paulie Shore, and not not great, not well, a great. Look at look. him now, man. Look at him now. He is not doing awesome. I'm telling you that right now. Paulie Shore is not doing great <laughs> post son-in-law. <laughs> Oh, the, the age demographic of this this podcast will not understand any of these jokes that I'm making. But Paul yeah, Shore, yeah, I, I completely forgot about Jersey Shore, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Jersey Shore. Paul, yeah, Paulie Shore is not on Jersey Shore, but all right. Oh, is, is he not? Who's Paulie? So Paulie Shore. Paulie Shore. So this is a little. Oh, is this, it Paulie D? Is that no, no, no. So Paulie Shore. This goes way back. Jersey Shore. This okay. goes way back. This is when MTV was cool. Paulie Shore. Oh, that's Paulie Shore was this annoying comedian in, like, the 90s yeah. who was everywhere for, like, 15 minutes. He uh-huh. did movies. He was on, like, he had these big stand-up specials. He's on MTV. And he called himself the Weasel. No one called him that. So right. when I think of self-proclaimed nicknames, I think of Paulie Shore. Now the problem. Ah, okay. Now the problem. All my friends are either 26 or younger than me. And they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because they didn't have older siblings or some shit. So 
Yeah, these, like, jokes I make with Pauly Shore goes right over people's heads. Oh, yeah, dude, whoosh. Like, yeah. I didn't even know. Totally. Like, I, I'm, I'm, but I'm not a compliment, by the way, not a compliment. If I call you Pauly Shore, not a compliment. <laughs> yeah, in my defense, though, man, someone on Jersey Shore has his name Paul. I'm, like, almost... Pauly D. Pauly D. Pauly D, yeah, okay, yes. okay, so I was close enough. I yeah. forget. You know, you're good, and you had the MTV thing kind of down, too, and that's what Pauly Shore did, was, like, all on MTV Spring Breaks when they had him. Oh, Deadlock yeah. right there, buddy. Yeah, man. I was—I mean, granted, I was like seven when this happened. I shouldn't know these things, but I do. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. Before we continue, though, I, I love this word association thing, man. This is fun. So uh, keep this thing up. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try. Uh, straps. Uh, oh, man, I think of really bad words, man. Uh, straps are cheating. Cheating? Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Do you do you like them? Your deadlift better with them? I almost exclusively use straps, except for singles. Okay. That's yeah. common for hook, because you, you pull hook grip. Yeah, there, there's a reason why all of last year I would never be able to hold on to my, hook, uh, hold on to my deadlifts. Whereas uh, within the last six months, I've been holding out the 700 and uh, like screaming and bantering at the top and still not dropping it. And okay. I, I attribute it to me saving the skin of my thumb. Yeah. Yeah, I because I, I've seen my friends warm up in the warm-up room before they're going on the platform with straps. And mm-hmm. I felt, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Now I completely understand. Yeah, yeah, Taylor does that too. I, yeah. I don't do it when I'm warming up for singles, but I, so I, I, I also do that, but I use straps for every single other set outside of singles. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's common. Mm-hmm. Actually, and I, and I, I kind of looked down on that for a while, but now that I understand things and not a complete, yeah. not, still a dumbass, not a complete dumbass like I used mm-hmm. to be. I understand it now. All right. I, I think it's okay if you understand that it does give you an advantage in terms of lifting. Because there are some people that say, oh, I can hit this without straps, right? But if you've never proven it, then your strap deadlift is going to be significantly stronger than your non-strap. That's just a fact. Okay. Good point. All right. Next one. Word association. USAPL. Awesome. IPF. Okay. USPA. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I was going to say uh, gear, but there's also non-drug testing, so we'll leave it that. How do you feel about their non-drug testing? Do you think it's legitimate? I'm not saying legitimate as in I think they're cheating drug tests. I'm saying is it on par or can it be comparable to USAPL slash IPF? It, it cannot be compared, but it's there, and I think it's a good idea for it to be there because some people just don't compete USAPL. Right, some people prefer twenty four hours. Some people prefer deadlift bars. So it's there, and for the time being, I think it's maybe ten percent in terms of competitiveness compared to the USAPL. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's not going to get there. Okay. Last one, and I'm you. You can feel free not to respond. Chance Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know that? What the heck, dude? I'm a journalist. I got to do my research. Uh, so. I think everyone... Hold on, word association, though. We gotta go. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you off the hook. I don't let, uh, let no one off the hook. Misunderstood. Okay. Yeah. I, I never had a problem with him. I, I didn't have a problem with him either. I just think that, um, like, that type of persona... Like, like everyone has their situation. Everyone has things going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. But uh, my overall goal in powerlifting is to bring more people to the sport. And I just feel like at least early chance, right, chance of last year was the type of person that really pushed people away from powerlifting, and that's unfortunate. I actually remember when I first started... Yeah, and that's actually an admirable way to, like, kind of be on someone's bad side. If you want more people in the sport and you feel like someone's pushing that, yeah, perfectly Mm -hmm. fine. All right, last one we're going to do because we're running short on time. Most annoying things powerlifters say slash do. So this could be either you see in the gym, on social media, in competition, anywhere. Oh, wow. Loaded question. Okay. So, if I'm going to be 100% frank with you, I don't really get annoyed by anything that anyone says, really. Like, the way that I roll and the way that I, like, uh, kind of personify myself on Instagram, right? Uh, if I did get annoyed by things like that, I would get annoyed by everything I say myself. <laughs> right? Because I'm probably, like, a, I'm probably a really annoying to a lot of people. But, yeah, I just, you know, I feel like, there's nothing that anyone says that really, like, puts a dent on my mind in terms of, like, oh, man, that guy's annoying. Fair, so. fair enough. I'll take yeah. that. You're yeah. the exact opposite of me. I'm annoyed with pretty much everything that I see. And there's something, like, added to the list every single time. 
Hey, man, but that's what makes, like, great memes. Because I feel yeah. like subpar uh, powerlifting or, like, meme uh, meme Instagram channels like that, they need to get annoyed by every little thing or else you cannot think about, like, certain type of content to post. Yeah. Again, disclaimer, I don't run that page. Someone else runs that page. Everyone thinks I run that page. I don't run hey, it. Wait, you know the person that runs it? No, I don't really know them. Well, I know as far as, like, conversing, yes. But, like, people thought because for whatever reason it seemed like i was making the memes i don't make yeah. that i don't make the memes all oh, solo I, on that one i would have believed that man yeah. i would have believed that but this guy's a genius the, yeah. the type of content they come up with come up with i feel like it's just like well known but not like materialized on yeah. any type of like format like instagram so yeah props to that person yeah and yeah i love that page one of my favorites but again you're right i get annoyed with probably way too many things and that's where you get the memes and sometimes ends up on people's bad side Shout out to Amanda Lawrence for any oh. <laughs> for anything I might have said that made you know, oh, Matt. But yeah, I'm blocked by her now, so yeah, she's that's sick. cool. She's amazing. She's amazing, and I said this so many times on the podcast. But the platform was fine, and I wanted to make a joke of it. But yeah, it happens, man. It happens. Just it's gotta a roll the punches. Yeah, but I I always said for mine the biggest one was anytime powerlifters compare it to like battle or like war or like fighting and dying. Like mm-hmm. that's my that's my if you're looking for an example, that's mine. Oh, dog, Ashton hates you now, dude. He, I, shit. Oh, does he really? Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm fucking around. No, I'm just <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm like, saying if he hates me, that motherfucker could hate me. I'm not picking a fight with him, and I love him. Hey, he, Ashton, like, lives near me, or, yeah. like, lives relative close to me. That guy is cool. He's yeah, like no, cool, I, cool dude. if he hated me, I agree with him. He is awesome. I love Ashton. I love everything about him. I've said on the show I, I so many times, <laughs> beast, absolute beast stud. Great lifter, and if he thinks I'm not funny, and if he thinks the shit I say is annoying, more power to you, Ash, and I agree with you, because you're the best. Alright, brother. Love it, dude, love it. We've been talking for close to an hour, it's fantastic having you on, and I would love to have you on again sometime. Yo, dude, I appreciate this, this was probably one of the most laid-back conversations I've had, and, you know, if you ever do decide to invite me again, uh, absolutely I would, and again, uh, thank you to everyone that's been supporting me on Instagram. Uh, my coach, Joe underscore TSA, uh, all you guys. Like, I appreciate you. Yes, and uh, good luck. I really would like to see a big pull come in the USPA or USPA meet. I'm actually really excited to see that. I didn't know you were going to do it. Now I'm excited for because the like the wall between nationals and something else. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, not not a whole big things are happening. That's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll try my best, man. I'll try my best. All right, good luck, and we'll appreciate you. Thank you. And we are back. Thank you again, Ricky, for coming on the show. Coming on Two White Lights, would love to have you on again sometime. We appreciate you, and the listeners appreciate you as well. And that's going to do it for Two White Lights. Again, be on the lookout for another interview coming Friday. Guest to be determined. I don't like making guarantees, but we will have a guest on Friday. Either, yeah, it's, it's between two people right now. So whoever they decide is going to go Friday is going to go Friday. And also, like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, leave a review, unsubscribe, then resubscribe. Keep on doing that till you're blue in the face. Also, like us on Spotify as well. We're available on all platforms. Two white lights, you can listen to us online, you can listen on Spotify, you can listen on iTunes. And that's going to do it for me. See you guys Friday. Peace.